you know, I think we need to kind of a kick in the ass a little bit as, as a little bit of a wake up to, uh, you know, stop feeling ourselves so much and get back to the things that got us to this position. And I think this would be. Every once in a while, teams do need a wake up call when things are going really, really well. And that's exactly what the Packers got after their loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm really excited to talk about this topic um, and more, of course. And I'm also extremely excited because we have another first-time guest on the podcast this week, Preston Fuller. Preston is someone I actually met on the good old Twitter because he is a fellow Seahawks stan. Uh, However, I was quick to learn that he has a great football mind as well. He is a displaced Seattle sports fan currently living in Minnesota. He claims to bleed green and blue, but has a soft spot for Minnesota sports teams. Preston, let's just talk about this because I lived in Wisconsin for a little bit, and I can promise you that I don't have a soft spot for any Wisconsin teams. Okay, maybe okay. that's not true. I have a soft spot for the Bucks, but that's simply because there's not a basketball team in Seattle. Um, and... Of course, like I hate the Packers. You hate the Vikings, right? Please just tell me. No, I do not hate the Vikings. So, oh my goodness. I, I'm I'm from Washington. I grew up in Washington. I've been living in Minnesota since I was 18, so for about 10 years now. Um, I'm a diehard Seattle sports fan. Seattle sports over literally everything else. Um, but everyone I've surrounded myself with loves Minnesota sports, and it's just heartbreaking to watch because they're all so terrible like vikings in particular um so it's it, it kind of just makes me it's like a little bit of empathy you know it's more or less just me feeling bad for my friends <laughs> um but yeah seattle sports all day i am a timberwolves fan um but that's only because like you said we don't have the sonics anymore um and i refuse to be a thunder fan um and the timber it's kind of nice it keeps me in check a little bit because the timber wolves are absolutely awful so it kind of keeps me humble a little bit. <laughs> okay, and then let's talk about it. You claim to bleed blue and green, but I'm just going to say for all my podcast listeners, um, I got a tattoo this past weekend, and it's, of course, the Roman numerals for the Super Bowl that the Seahawks won. Do you have a Seahawks tattoo anywhere on your body? I do not. I don't have any Seahawks tattoos. Um, I do have a Mariners tattoo and a couple of other Seattle tattoos, but unfortunately I'm not uh, succumbed to, to the desire of getting a Seahawks tattoo just yet. But I think if, if we want another one, potentially maybe. Big maybe. Okay, so that makes me a bigger Seahawks fan, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I guess you are. You know what? I can't even argue that. Um. Before we get into actually talking about football, I do have to admit to all of my listeners, um, <laughs> when was it, Preston? Maybe in August, we made a bet. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this, was, this was before the bubble. This was, this was like July, was maybe late. no way it was before the bubble. <laughs> it was before the bubble. Hold on. I can pull this up. We can get right down to oh it. Oh, my gosh. He's finding the receipts. Okay. Yeah. At some point in my life, Preston and I made a bet on what? It was the NBA playoffs, right? Or was it just like yep. everything? It was- it was the whole playoffs, pretty much. It was. I think. I think the bets were who was going to be the eight seed, and then um, Eastern Conference, fine or Eastern Eastern Conference championships, 
Western finals MVP, who's going to win the finals, um, and so on. Okay, so a lot of stuff, basically. And <laughs> I lost, and it wasn't even close. <laughs> yep, I actually uh, I found it. So we played, we made, so you were kind of right. We made this bet on uh, June, July, July 28th. That's basically um, obvious. And I'm just going to go ahead, for everyone re- listening, I'm going to go ahead and read off what you predicted was going to happen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, oh, and we also bet on regular season MVP, and that was the only one that I lost. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so you said it was going to be Giannis, which obviously was correct. Uh, you claimed the eighth seed in the West was going to be the Blazers, which was also correct. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals, Bucks and Raptors. Spicy. I like that. Um, Western Conference, Lakers and Rockets. And then you had Bucks, Lakers, Finals, Bucks and Six. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay. I didn't know that I had the Lakers going to the Finals. I thought I had the Rockets. Yep. Yep. And uh, just for everyone listening, I I, I am truly a a crossover elite sports mind. It's not just football. the best part of this was that I predicted the Lakers Nuggets Western Conference Championship. And uh, I'm pretty sure I might be the only person in America who predicted that. Um, so after that happened, I knew it was just an auto victory. Okay. I'm one going to say, I do not think you were the only person in America to predict that. I'm sure there was <laughs> at least one other person. Um, <laughs> also, I will just claim that that was probably my bias toward the Bucks speaking. I feel slightly embarrassed, but not nearly as embarrassed as the Green Bay Packers must feel right now. So now <laughs> we are going to transition <laughs> to actual football talk. Fair enough. Um, because those were not my takes, and we're just not going to talk about them ever again. <laughs> um, But let's start. So, of course, the introduction to this episode was a video of Aaron Rodgers saying that this loss was probably a great learning experience for them. You know, we've seen this and has gone fairly well for them. Their first five games, they started out 5-0. and They were, their offense just looked spectacular until it didn't. (laughs) And it was just not a great Sunday for the Green Bay Packers. What were your thoughts before the game? Were you thinking it was going to be a blowout like this? Were you thinking it was going to be a close game? Yeah, I thought, um, I truly thought that the Packers were going to edge out the Bucks. Um, and the only reason I thought that is because of what happened to Brady. I believe that was last week <clears throat> when he just forgot what down it was. Um, so I was like, <laughs> all right, he's clearly... Um, maybe falling off. Maybe this isn't the same Brady we're used to seeing. Um, but that plus just the way the Packers have been playing, um, I truly did believe that the Packers were going to beat the Bucks. I didn't think they were going to blow them out. I didn't think it was going to be a big upset. I just thought it would be like a, a, a real subtle, like kind of maybe down to like the last field goal or even maybe a touchdown. Uh, but I did not expect Green Bay, Green Bay to get absolutely bombed. I also didn't. Um, Although I think I'm opposite of you in the sense that I thought Tampa Bay was going to win this game just because their defense is light years ahead of Green Bay's defense. Um, 
And then I didn't think Green Bay was going to fare very well with their second receiver being Aaron Jones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's interesting that, you know, we talk about Tom Brady and we talk about Aaron Rodgers. I always say they kind of remind me of the Michael Jordan-LeBron James debate in the sense mm. that, you know, Tom Brady is kind of Michael Jordan. You know, he has the rings. Yeah. He has all of that, but Aaron Rodgers is like LeBron James in the sense that he has the talent. Um, you know, this guy is just an extremely gifted quarterback. Um, but I think in this showdown, I guess I want to call it the showdown of like the goats. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. It really felt like Tom Brady was spectacular and Aaron Rodgers wasn't even mediocre yeah yeah that's one thing I've noticed about Aaron Rodgers at least in recent years he's either really really hot or just he's a complete head case you know like I think after that first pick six he just looked like all the air was let out of his tires Mm -hmm. and the pick six is it's interesting to me because you know, we see the Packers come out with a super hot start. They're winning 10-0. to zero, And then it was downhill from there. <laughs> um, what went wrong for them, do you think? Um, I think the turnovers killed them because they had that pick six. Um, and I think that probably was a bigger deal than they would ever let on because I think that was Aaron Rodgers' like third ever pick six, I believe. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the stat. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think it was probably, I pro- probably a lot of it was just momentum. Um, and you can claim that momentum is not something that can be measured. I understand that's probably kind of a made up thing, but I think that's really what it was. Um, you know, that their defense obviously just isn't that good. The Packers defense that is, um, and they just started getting rolled on and Tom Brady really didn't even, he didn't even really have to do much. He didn't have a huge game. Um, I just think that in a way they kind of just, the Packers just kind of beat themselves. How much do you think we learned from this game? You know, like, are we super high on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now? Or are we like, oh, my goodness, Green Bay is awful. You know, their first five games were fake. Although yeah. I will also bring up the fact that in those first five games, Green Bay played Minnesota, Detroit, New Orleans, Atlanta. Who am I missing? Someone else. But uh, didn't they play the Lions? Yeah, I said Detroit. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Anyways, not important. Okay, so they play pretty mediocre teams, right? <laughs> and now they play this Bucks team, who I've been pretty high on since the second week. I think we've seen that their defense is really good, um, and of course, Tom Brady with all of those weapons he has to throw to it almost seems unfair this is a pretty legit team do you think it's just the fact that green bay is finally playing some competition should be worried should we be worried about them um i don't know i'm not i'm not entirely sure but i will say that i think i i can confidently say that i think i learned more about the tampa bay buccaneers this week than i did about the green bay packers um Going into the season, and even even really up until maybe a week or two ago, I kind of just looked at the Buccaneers as like, 
the island of misfit toys. Like everyone just somehow washed up in Tampa and it was like a bunch of big names that were like pretty solid like five, four or five years ago. You know what I mean? And I was like, all right, they're kind of, you know, they're just trying to piece together a football team, like kind of Frankenstein. It's, you know what I mean? Like it's a valiant effort. I'm sure they'll go at least eight and eight. Um, but honestly, it's kind of, it's working for them and especially their defense. Um, I think, I think the Bucks are definitely a contender. Um, as far as the Packers go, it's hard to tell because I think a big part of the Packers right now has been the level of Aaron Rodgers play. He's, you know, he's, he's in the MVP conversation for a reason. He's definitely top two. Um, and it's because he's doing so much with so little. And like, I think it was like a couple weeks ago, he didn't have, uh, he didn't have two receivers, um, you know, and they still saw how scrape together wins. Um, I, but I think one thing we've seen from Aaron Rodgers is that, you know, he gets in his head. He is a head case, um, you know, and if, he, if, you know, if things start to go wrong, he's, it seems like the older he gets, the less fight back he has. Um, but I don't think, I don't think the Packers are doomed. Um, I will, I will say that like, obviously every team they've played other than maybe the Saints um, has been, has been pretty, it just haven't been good teams. Um the Saints are kind of, I feel like the Saints are kind of on the bubble between could be good or could just not be good. It seems tough to tell. Um, but yeah, I think that's part of it. But also, I, I just think it's too early to tell exactly what, what, what what's going to be the future for the Packers. I think it could go really either way at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, also I'm going to clarify that I forgot Green Bay had their bye week. So they were 4-0 and and they had played Minnesota, Detroit, New Orleans, and Atlanta. Before they played Tampa Bay, which is why I was so off in my math, but it makes sense now. (laughs) Um, I would agree. I don't, although I I didn't learn much about Tampa Bay than what I knew going into this game. I thought, (laughs) of course, their defense was really good. Um, Also, that linebacker duo they have, just absolutely insane. It's crazy. Um. But I'm not necessarily going to dismiss the Packers. And I did see this coming from Aaron Rodgers. You had brought up that he was in the MVP discussion. Um, I didn't see that. I didn't see him sustaining that. Although I guess I wasn't expecting it to drop off like this. Uh, I don't expect that we'll see the Aaron Rodgers that we saw in those first four games. But I also don't expect that we're going to see the Aaron Rodgers that we saw this last week. I think it's probably going to be a mix of those two. Yeah. Um, I also want to clarify, do you still think he's in the MVP race? I think um, that you, I just, I don't believe, and this is just going based off purely off of like what I've seen in recent years. I feel like one kind of wash of a game doesn't really doesn't really knock too much from the MVP. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like if, if he turns around and plays the rest of the season, like he did the first four games, you know what I mean? Like, he, you know, let's, let's just say in some crazy world, like this obviously is not going to happen, but let's just say that Russ stops playing as well as he has been. And Aaron Rodgers plays like the first four games the rest of the year. They're not going to, they're not going to dismiss him as the MVP just because of what happened in week six. You know what I mean? It just depends on how he bounces back, I suppose. But I would say after what we saw from Russell last week or uh, the week prior to that, that, you know, he's been the more consistent um, quarterback. Yeah. 
Interesting. I I think he's up there. Um, I agree, especially just because it's so early in the season. Um, but I think I can confidently say I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to be this year's MVP. So okay. for whatever it's worth, if that happens, everyone can come back and call me out for saying that on this episode. But <laughs> there it is. That's my take. Um. Okay, so let's talk about another difference that I saw in this game was the fact that, you know, the Bucks protected. Also, it feels so weird to say the Bucks. Whenever I say the Bucks, I think of like the Milwaukee Bucks, and I instantly think of like Giannis. And then I just need to remind myself I'm talking about football. Anyways, slightly distracted. The biggest difference, another difference I saw was the Bucks protected Brady, whereas. Green Bay was unable to do that. Um, Rodgers was sacked only three times in his first four games. And then he was sacked four times for 42 yards against the Bucks. for comparison. Also, Brady was sacked a total of zero times. Um, at the game, like the end of the game when they were shaking hands, I thought it was really funny because Aaron Rodgers' jersey just had a ton of grass stains and dirt on it and Tom Brady's was just completely clean. <laughs> uh, and I think that goes to show, you know, Rodgers wasn't necessarily set up for success. <laughs> and yeah. um, last week I did talk about how Brady, you know, his level of play significantly depends on how that offensive line protects him and that's what they did this game and they won by a substantial amount so yes do you have any thoughts on that yeah I just I think a lot of it is um I I think a lot of it like I said earlier was just kind of kind of the momentum being sucked out but also Bruce Arians is going to protect Brady like at all costs and I'm not familiar what the stats are for their first four or five games of the year, what the Bucks were looking like as far as sacks or quarterback pressure. Um, but like you mentioned earlier, that those linebackers that they have just put so much pressure. They bottlenecked the run. Um, I, I just think the Bucks, the Bucks line is, is probably, in my, in my opinion, and at least I would assume, that that's probably one of the most important parts of that team, considering you have a 40-however-old, 42, 43-year-old quarterback. Um, I got, I got to imagine that Bruce Arians spent a lot of time making sure that that, that offensive line was tight. Um, and you would assume that the same would be for the Packers. Um, but those linebackers were just getting through like it was like it was no problem. Mm-hmm. And, oh, Tom Brady has been sacked eight times in the okay. other games, of course, because he was ta- sacked zero times this game. Right. Um, another thing is, was – I think Aaron Rodgers' QBR was just really, really – I'd be interested. I need to go look at it, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But, yeah, he just didn't look like himself at all. Yeah. And so there's that. But I think (laughs) – I don't think this says much about Aaron Rodgers. I think – or that offense. Well, it does in the sense that I think it shows that they aren't going to be able to necessarily contend without a solid, like, second wide receiver option. Um, yeah. yeah, I would you, agree. You know, Aaron Jones, as great as he is, 
he cannot be your like top running back and your second wide receiver. Um, that just doesn't necessarily sound like a recipe for success. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, and their team since like, I think like week two, the Packers have just been kind of plagued with injuries, which has kind of made it so impressive what Rodgers has been able to do. Um, but I think you're right. I think it just kind of caught up to him. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Aaron Rodgers' QBR, 17.8 compared to Tom Oof. Brady's. Ninety-six point one. So, yikes! That's tough break. There's that. Um, I feel bad. I feel like I'm like poo-pooing on Aaron Rodgers, and that's not necessarily what I want to do. I think he's a great quarterback. He had a bad game, you know. Honestly, Green Bay just as a whole, they didn't look good on either side of the ball. Although. Their defense has not looked good this whole season, so that's not a surprise to me. I would say Tampa Bay is probably a bigger contender in the NFC just because of how well-rounded they are, and they might be the most well-rounded team in the NFL, maybe other than the Steelers. Yeah, I think I can confidently say that unless I'm like missing someone extremely obvious. Um, but. Yeah, that's it's uh, yeah. The Saints were my Super Bowl pick and just the fact that <laughs> um Tampa Bay looks this good. <laughs> Maybe I should just not make picks. Maybe I should just like talk about sports and just not make picks cuz clearly I think that would be a safe bet cuz you can, as I mean as long as I've known you've been real off the mark. So let's just keep <laughs> yeah, let's just keep it to the stats here. <laughs> I also thought that okay, to be fair though, I think everyone thought the Cowboys were going to be much better than they were. So that one doesn't even <laughs> Well, they were until like, yeah, okay. That anyways. one doesn't count. But I said I wasn't going to talk about them again on my podcast, but somehow they still come up every episode. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're talking. Um. Okay. What do you think Tampa Bay's biggest weakness is after watching that game? Um, I don't know. And I w- previously, I would have said depth among receivers and tight ends. But you can't we say that talk, now. We, 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 what I said, you can't say that now. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. I would that's what I would have said that before. Um, but we even saw Gronk show out this week. <laughs> Unbelievable timing. It was perfect. I picked him up in fantasy and it worked out fantastically for me. But uh yeah, I really I gotta be honest with you. I'm I'm not sure. I because even even yeah, I'm not I really don't know. Maybe they're Maybe they're running back. I, but see, I w- I'm not even confident saying that either. What do you think? Oh, gosh. Okay. So, <laughs> follow with me here. All right. I think their biggest weakness that I didn't see this game, but I saw in the game against Chicago, and the reason I'm convinced it's their biggest weakness is because it didn't happen this game. And, of course, the results were in their favor is if that offensive line cannot protect Brady, this team is not going to win. Brady is just not going to – he can't do it. I I mean, he's old, and I don't think he has the athleticism to make plays when he has all of these guys from the defensive end chasing him down, I guess. So that's what I think their biggest weakness is, is if their offensive line cannot protect Brady, they're not going to 
be a successful team. Yeah, would agree. Okay. And then Green Bay's biggest weakness, what do you think it is? Uh, their defense, obviously. I think uh, I think their defensive, the backs aren't terrible, but their, their secondary is just, it's, it's pretty trash. And I can recognize the trash secondary as a Seahawks fan. Um, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I think their biggest weakness is literally their whole secondary. <laughs> Other than Alexander, I think he has set himself apart in this defense. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yes. To be fair, I think a great defense isn't something that we're really seeing in the NFL right now. So, yeah, I don't know. A ton of elite offenses, though. And if they can figure that out, then I wouldn't be all too worried, I guess. Although, should be mentioned, of course, the Chicago Bears are actually leading that division right now i think they're five and one and then the packers of course are four and one so yep they are they're in first and they have somehow backed their way into first in the nfc north which makes zero sense but that's what it is (laughs) um yeah we could talk about this for a little bit do you think they're real contenders i don't know i really have no idea uh, the chicago bears in my opinion at the moment are the biggest anomaly in the entire nfl only because I'm convinced, like, and this is this is going to be a take and slightly dramatic, but I'm convinced that Nick Foles breathes to come off the bench and save the day. If you start that man, it's not a, it's not good news. Um, and I don't know what it is. I think he's a great balance to Trubisky. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Nick Foles is like the, he's like you know when Dad comes to the rescue. You know what I mean? And it's the it's the most confusing thing ever. The man literally won a Super Bowl doing just that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure. I, I, I don't I did not anticipate the Bears being this good. But I will say go, going into the season I thought the Vikings were gonna win the NFC North. Like I was confident, I was confident <laughs> uh, that the Vikings were gonna win the so NFC North. Sorry, that um, was obviously, so awful. What's that? Did you hear someone FaceTime me? That was so loud. Yeah, dude, turn your phone off. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta edit that out. That was right in the middle of my spicy take. I'm not even gonna edit it out. Just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, fantastic. I like it. Do it live. Let's go. Anyways, um, yeah, the Bears. I don't really understand. I mean, gr- granted, like I feel like the Bucks are probably the most talented team they've played, unless I'm forgetting someone. Um, but yeah, I I do confidently believe that they have somehow accidentally ended up at the top of the NFC. NFC, NFC North. North, yeah. Oh, gosh. I was like, wait, what? What am I missing? No, please, Um, God, no. That's the Seahawks. (laughs) Yeah, no. I think, super quick take, I think their defense is much better than what we were expecting going into the season. Their offense, though, um, I'm just not quite sure it will be able to compete with a lot of these other offenses that we've seen in the NFC. Um, So, I think they're contenders more so than pretenders. But I don't see them making, like, a super deep run in the playoffs. I'm not even sh- convinced they're going to win this division, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like if if there's one division that's maybe slightly less up in the air than the NFC East, it's probably the NFC North. Okay, great. Let's move on. I'm done talking about the NFC. 
Um, although, so last week's episode, so funny. It was about like who's going to win the NFC North, who's going to win the AFC North. I think those are two of like some my favorite <laughs> divisions right now, just because of how close they are. And I think it's really like it's unpredictable. So funny that we talked about Green Bay just now. And next, we're going to talk about Pittsburgh. Um, we're going to talk about this Cleveland and Pittsburgh game. <laughs> just need to take a little moment here. Last week, I did make a pick for this game. And it was 100% correct. Um, <laughs> I called that Pittsburgh was going to win. And I also said it wasn't going to be very close. And that's exactly what happened, simply because I'm not convinced Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback. And then, what do you know? They Pittsburgh won pretty outright. What? The score was 38-7? to seven. Yikes. <laughs> yes. So, let's debrief this game for a little bit. I guess it also seemed inevitable that this was going to happen. You know, the Steelers with the blitz, um, their pressure that they're able to put on quarterbacks, you know, going up against this Browns offensive line that was missing people. And then, of course, Baker suffering some broken ribs or something like that going on. Did you think this was going to be a close game? Um. Yeah, you know, I did. I, I did. I thought it was going to be a little closer than it was. I mean, it wasn't very close at all. Um, but I will say that I've been very skeptical, skeptical of the Browns, but mainly skeptical of Baker. Um, I have a lot of the Browns team, everything involved. Um, I think that that team as a whole can be and has a ton of potential. And the nucleus of the team, which is Baker Mayfield, is is just a, is a, is a fraud, and that's that's a spicy take, and very very dramatic of me to say that. But I just have not seen enough out of this kid to believe that he's for real. Um, it's funny that you say that's a spicy take. That's exactly my take. <laughs> there you go. Um, you know, other than Baker Mayfield's rookie year, and it's actually really unfortunate that he had that great like rookie year because. I mean, the next thing is going to be extremely dramatic of me. I think the Browns need to move on from Baker Mayfield. And I think <laughs> it's hard to do that considering, like, you've seen that. You saw what he did his rookie season. But he's just been absolutely just mediocre at best since then. Um, yep. I was even thinking about it. So, of course, we saw the Browns. They lost their first game of the season. And then they went undefeated up until this point. You know, they were putting up tons and tons of points. That offense looked great. And then I went and I looked at it. Um, so I, we were talking about this before. I referenced Pro Football Focus a lot. Um, but PFF had him ranked like 20 plus every single one of those weeks that they were absolutely spectacular, their offense. And he's currently ranked 31st. So there's that. Like, I genuinely think Joe Burrow is reading defenses better than Baker mm -hmm. Mayfield right now. And he's six weeks into his NFL career playing behind the worst offensive line in the NFL. Yes, I was actually just about to bring that up. Baker is extremely fortunate 
that he has the talent that he does around him um, because they are literally carrying him to this point. I mean, he's got good backs. He's got good receivers, really good receivers. I mean, and if you think like other than the Nick Chubb injury and Kareem Hunt's not a bad replacement, um, he's, he's very fortunate. What he, and, you know, his defense is real. It's, it's pretty good. Um, I just think that he, he's, he's, he's just not living up to it. And I was going to bring this up. I think if you put Baker on the Bengals and you put Burrow on the Browns, you, we'd be, we'd be seeing more success out of the Browns and, I mean, not that there can be less success kind of than what the Bengals have right now, but I think it would just be an absolute nightmare. Um, yes, I would agree. Maybe that's dramatic. I don't know. It's completely dramatic. It's <laughs> so dramatic. But just, here's the thing. Baker, he did have a pretty great rookie season, but he is not convinced, me at least, that, that he's for real. And I think if it wasn't for that, rookie season he'd be in kind of like maybe a maybe a maybe a Dwayne Haskins type situation mm-hmm. oh poor Dwayne Haskins I really liked him yeah um I just want Baker Mayfield to prove himself to me um and I think this was kind of a game he could have done that because this <clears throat> whole season I've been saying you know okay when are the Browns gonna let go like when are they gonna move on I know it's going to be hard, but it might be time to do that. You know, this was a time for him to kind of shut me up. Um, And instead, of course, he failed tremendously. He ended the game with a QBR of five and a half and a quarterback rating of 54.9. So he just, I don't know. It makes me wonder, like, how long is Baker going to be in Cleveland? I feel like... I'm learning and I'm seeing that they finally have the right coach. Their offense looks fine. Their defense looks fine. Going back to the offense, it looks spectacular. Honestly, like the offensive line is, it creates, like their run game is spectacular and it's because of that offensive line. Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah. the only thing they're missing is a quarterback. <laughs> um, I. You know, like even when things were going spe- like perfectly during that four week period from week two to five, Mayfield was still not even like a top 10 quarterback. You know, that success that we saw from Cleveland was not because of Baker Mayfield. It was credited to every other player on that team. Um, and so I just think it's. I've, it, the question has to be asked, right? I don't, yeah. it doesn't need to be answered. It doesn't need to be acted upon necessarily, but I really hope that question is being asked right now. Yeah. And I think that it's time to ask the question because if you think about it, like if there's a time when the, when the Browns have a legitimate shot, it's now, you know what I mean? They've got Stefanski. They finally got a competent coach. They've got stud receivers, stud backs, stud, stud line, good defense. You know what I mean? They have everything, mm-hmm. everything in line for them to make, take a shot at this, except for Baker. And here's the thing: I'm not. I, I mean, the broken ribs. That's neither here nor there. Um, it kind of seems like. I mean, even though like we've heard him say, not that's not an excuse for the way they performed. It literally is. Why else would you bring it up? You know what I mean? Um, I, I yeah, I'm just not convinced. I, and it kind of it's starting to seem like the Browns just cannot get a. QB to save their life, or it could be something completely different. Like maybe Oklahoma isn't preparing their quarterbacks for the NFL. I have no idea. Um, but I think, 
I think that Baker has at most, very most, two years to prove himself. If not, he's either going to end up a backup somewhere or, you know, be out. Yeah. Two years is a lot. I don't even know if I should. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, though. Like, I, that the problem with it is, is I think they're going to keep doing the thing that they've been doing, where they just recycle guys in and out, try to point fingers at everything but Baker. Um, like, how many head coaches have they gone through in even, like, the last five years alone? You know what I mean? And, and I feel like this is, like, they, for the first time in recent years, have a competent, good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if they were to fire Stefanski – or like trade some guys out, like trade out Landry or OBJ or whoever. I think that would be a huge, huge mistake. Yeah, I agree. I think there's clearly like there's a very obvious answer as to what position needs to be fixed, and it starts with a Q and ends with a B. <laughs> um, I'm done talking about how bad. And Baker Mayfield is. And yeah. notice how I say Baker Mayfield. I did not say Browns because I don't think the rest of the team is. Like, I think they actually look pretty solid other than Baker Mayfield. Although in this game, of course, they were bad. But I think that is because Baker Mayfield was bad. Um, <laughs> But let's talk about the other side, of course. I don't want to just talk about the losers. I think we need to talk about the winners here. And are the Steelers the team to beat in the AFC? Um, yeah, I would say that they totally are because, and I'm only saying that because the Chiefs have already been beaten. Um, <laughs> but the Steelers, the Steelers are no joke. And I kind of am, am slowly starting to realize that. Um, and I was thinking about this the other day. Um, they haven't, I cannot think of a bad receiver draft pick that they've made in recent years. All of their picks play out. Uh, Juju and then this new guy, what's his name? Claypool. Um, you know, and then Washington is quietly having a big year. Um, I just think that I think that right now everything is working together the way it's supposed to for them to the point where Big Ben in his very old age can just be a system QB and like load manage. Um, yeah, I don't know. Their defense, I would probably say their defense is probably up there as best or close to that in the league. Um but yeah, I think I think the Steelers this year are are definitely no joke. They are they're big time, and I think that uh, I think that depending on what I continue to see from the Ravens, um, that I think it could be a toss up um, as who takes that division. Because I'm not, I would I would trust I would trust Big Ben in the fourth quarter to throw the ball more than I would trust Lamar Jackson. I interesting that you bring up. A- the fact that Kansas City has lost. Um, you know, there is another unbeaten team in the AFC in Tennessee. So, <laughs> yeah. It's also them. Um, but, yeah, this Steelers team is no joke. Um, of course, I talked about already that I think they probably are the most well-rounded team, Tampa Bay being in close second, of course. But... What Big Ben has managed to do with this offense, and you know he's not taking, he's not throwing that deep ball. He's, you know, we don't see these big plays from Big Ben, but what we do see is him making the exact right play that needs to be made. Um, I think he's a playmaker, and like he has been great thus far because he is surrounded by other playmakers. You know. 
you brought up James Washington, and then we have Juju, and then we have Chase Claypool. Like, if you're not getting beat by one of them, you're getting beat by the other. Um, and so there's that. Of course, their defense is just the best defense in the league. They are really, really good. I I would say they probably are the team to beat in the AFC, but I'm also biting my tongue a little bit. I think Kansas City is Kansas City. I think, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes. You have that offense. We've seen them struggle thus far, but I think I think they could pull out a win against the Steelers and, like, the AFC Championship. Um, the Ravens I'm a bit more concerned about just because, you know, I haven't really seen a solid game from them thus far into the season. And Lamar Jackson has, I mean, he's not bad, but he hasn't been, he's not the Lamar Jackson we saw last season. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely up there between the Steelers and Tennessee. Both of them great teams. The Steelers just insane. I called this kind of going into the season though, so I'm not too surprised. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, this. I mean, their division specifically is, I mean, I, it's, it's tough. It's tough for sure. Yeah. I think I would, uh, I would maybe even argue that it's the toughest division in the league. I'm not and like that far. But. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, here's the thing. Like what, what I, yeah, it doesn't matter. Whatever. Um, yes, I would agree. I think Tennessee, I kind of look at Tennessee as more of kind of how I look at the bears a little bit and this is just extremely disrespectful and probably a terrible take but but it just you know what i mean like hannah hill is like somehow playing at an mvp level like very quietly which is just which is kind of weird okay he make did a lot that last season though very and quietly Tannehill was really good yeah and, and you know what i mean it's, for it. it's it's yeah i have i have a lot of opinions about what's going on down there and I I would like to yeah I mean I guess it's we're not talking about them we're talking about the Steelers but yeah I would agree that Titans Steelers um, obviously the Chiefs Mahomes is just like a wizard you know what I mean it's hard to like really count him out ever mm-hmm. um, you know the the loss to the Raiders seemed like more of a fluke than anything um, so yeah it's just I I feel like. The NF, the AFC right now, the top three, top four is like are very, very solid, sturdy teams, and I would never bet really against any of them. Um, but yeah, it's it's a tough division out there. It's tough. It's tough. Tough conference. Yeah. Um. Interesting. So we bring up Tennessee. Tennessee and Pittsburgh actually play this week. They play Sunday, 10 a.m. Yep. Take your pick. Who's oh, winning don't make this game? It. All right. Uh, well, someone's oh. Has got to go. So I think I'm going. I I I think I'm going to go with the Steelers. Um, yeah, I am. Um, I also want to go with the Steelers, but I'm not going to. I'm going to go with Tennessee. <laughs> um, and this is probably why all my picks are usually wrong. <laughs> I just think, wow, um, that defense is really good. I'm just very curious uh, as to how they're going to stop Derrick Henry. That man is just insane. He is yeah, he's, 
He's unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. I mean, we saw what he did to, uh, who was it? Um, against the Bills. Who was that? Was that, uh, what's his name? Josh Norman? Oh, I know what player you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, just absolutely just demolished him. Like, literally. And he was, like, not so long ago. He's like, one of the best in the league. And he just straight, like, he should retire after that. <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Yeah, he's here's the thing about Derrick Henry. He's like, he's just so big. You know what I mean? And I feel like you don't see that a ton in the NFL these days. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I feel like a lot of good, real solid backs aren't that big. And he's that big and that fast and just absolutely strong. And it's, yeah, he's, he's he seems like pretty close to unstoppable. Yeah. Okay, so you have Pittsburgh. I have Tennessee. Kind of took Tennessee just because you didn't take them, and I feel like someone yep. had to. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think Tennessee is – I mean, and they, their defense is good. It's not Pittsburgh's defense, but their defense is good. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be better if Clowney was having a bigger year, but that's that's another. Yeah, we don't even need to talk about him. Ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, Um Moving on, so you brought up that you think the AFC North might be the toughest division in the NFL. I still stand extremely firm to the fact that I think the NFC West is. Let's talk about that a little bit, just because, you know, you're a Seahawks fan. I didn't get to talk about the Seahawks last week because, of course, they have a bye week. And probably I shouldn't even be talking about them now because it's going Fair back from a bye week. But I do – so, of course, we had Arizona and Dallas, and then we had the Rams and San Francisco. What do you think these games said about the NFC West competition? Okay, so I will start by saying that, that this is not a dig at the Cardinals, but I think that that game – was more of a more of a testament to where Dallas is at than to where Arizona is at, and I'm not saying that the Cardinals aren't for real because they certainly are. Um, I'm impressed by pretty much every part of their team, but like da- Dallas is like Dallas is kind of like a hot button these days, and it's it's that I mean, how many turnovers do we see from Zeke? You know what I mean, which is not super common. Um, and obviously Andy Dalton kind of... Did you just uh, say it's not super common? <laughs> I'm literally going to... I'm laughing. Have you... We don't even have to get in. We're not talking about the Cowboys. We're not talking about the Cowboys ever again on this podcast. But um, I'm just going to say that I think it is, at this point, very common. <laughs> like, if there's a game where Zeke doesn't fumble the ball, I'm just going to... It was like back to back possessions. Like it might have even been back to back runs, if if I'm remembering correctly. <laughs> Which I mean, for really anyone, can't be that common. <laughs> I have no words, none. Okay, no words. fine. Anyway, I will continue. <laughs> Continuing on, um, the Cowboys are a hot mess. We all have seen what has been going on with them the last couple of days. Apparently. The players and the coaches and the staff are all turning on each other and McCarthy's incompetent and this, that, the other, whatever. Um, pretty Wait, much. I didn't see that they're turning on each other. That's really funny. <laughs> they totally, oh, you, it's all over the place right now. Apparently, like, an anonymous player 
talking about how absolutely incompetent the coaching staff is. Oh like came God. out and said that to the press. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty laughable. Um, but here's the thing. Um, Arizona's good. The cards are good. They're for real this year. I'd say they're the second best team in the NFC West. Um, but Dallas is just having a complete meltdown. And I think that any team playing Dallas this week would have had big success. Um, just based on what I saw that being said, I will say this. Um, I am very, very concerned to play. I'm, I'm very worried about playing the Cardinals this weekend. Extremely worried. Um, only because, only because Kyler Kyler's a stud. The man can move. He can toss the ball. Um, our defense, hopefully this weekend will be better than it has been. Um, now that we've got some guys back. I don't even um, know if, wait, I don't even know if Jamal Adams is going to be back. He ha- I feel like he's not practicing that- today. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere he's cleared. Okay. I could be wrong. Because Pete if said he's, not, he's, if- he's still day to day and he's not practicing today. Okay, well, I'm, then I'm then I'm extremely. Also, today concerned. is Wednesday for all of those people who are like wondering. It's Wednesday, October twenty first, four forty three p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Adams better if he doesn't play this weekend. What? What was it? A groin? Something with his groin? Like strain his groin or something? Yeah. Or is it hamstring? He better be missing like a leg or something <laughs> because he had he's had three weeks off now at this point. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, unless he's actually hurt. Yeah, <laughs> um, then you better it's, just, it's, like, And this is a game where we need him. We're, you know, <laughs> this is going to be a big game. Um, mm-hmm. It's our first division game. Um, and and our defense isn't great. And, and we're going to need some help. Um, I will say that Arizona's defense is kind of surprising me, specifically Patrick Peterson. Um, you know, Buda, Buda Baker is a stud. An absolute stud. Um, deserves every dollar he's being paid. Patrick Peterson, though, I didn't, I did not expect to be this good still, um, and that's concerning to me, especially because I, I have a feeling that um, our default is going to be completely shut down. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure, but I, I will say that the cards are for real. They're the second best team in the NFC West for now. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. I, there's not much to say about Dallas. <laughs> they kind of beat themselves. Um, I guess, okay, going to preface with the fact that I thought the NFC West was just going to beat its, like beat each other up this whole season. Um, and then, of course, we saw that, you know, a lot of people count San Francisco out because of their injuries, and then San Francisco beats the Rams. Uh also, I think the Rams are the second best team in the NFC West. Oh. Um, what? Which I didn't even think that was a spicy take, but I guess it is. That's a terrible take. Um, I think Arizona has been extremely inconsistent for me. Um, you know, we saw them. They start out extremely hot. They upset the 49ers. Woohoo! You know, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins look just absolutely spectacular and then of course week two they beat Washington but I mean of course it's Washington and then they lose to the Lions and they lose to the Panthers and I'm just gonna say you know they did not look good in either of those games like the Cardinals looked absolutely terrible they looked like I was watching a JV football team um and then they get two more wins against the Jets 
which it's the Jets, and then the Cowboys, which you brought up, it's the Cowboys. I think from here on out, any team that gets a win against the Cowboys, it's like getting a win against the Jets. It's they're not a good team. Um, they're just way too inconsistent for me, and I'm worried to play them. But that's because I literally think every game is a 50-50 chance with the Seahawks. <laughs> um, so, But that has nothing to do with Arizona. That has more so to do with the fact that just like I've seen that the Seahawks, you know, they don't win games outright. I think they love to make fans stressed and they're really good at it. Um, I think we've seen that San Francisco, we can't we can't say that that's it. They're done. Like their injuries are too much. You know, they come and they looked great against not great. They looked like a competent football team again, um, which Jimmy G I've been a hater from the beginning, but I mean, he looked fine. And I think this, this division is going to be extremely tough. Um, and of course the Seahawks, Arizona, it's their first, I guess, division game. I'll be interested to see if they can pull out the win. I'm not completely convinced they will. Hopefully they do. Um, I think more so it'll be interesting to see if Arizona's defense is going to look as good as it did against the Cowboys. Um, or just like as good as they've looked this season, I guess. I don't really know. Um, but... Again, I think their defense just looked good because they were playing Andy Dalton. <laughs> and <laughs> any defense that plays Andy Dalton is probably going to look great. So Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm just going to say this. For all the Seahawks fans listening, I know we're all extremely concerned about our very, very murky defense this year. But I would just like to point out that three of our wins have come off of Huge defensive stop. Huge. Like, absolutely clutch. Exactly what we needed. Three wins. Um, and I know that we're just giving up yards like it's free. We're basically giving them away. Um, except for against the Vikings. We didn't give up any deep balls, or many deep balls, at least that I can remember. Um, so I feel like we're kind of at this point where we're at a trade-off. We're either going to be giving up checkdowns and runs, or just beginning, we're going to be getting burned. But it was the game against uh, New England, week two, goal line stop. The w game against the Cowboys came down to it. They were marching, picking the end zone. And then last time we played against the Vikings, fourth and in and we come through with the top. Russ marches, we win the game. Um, yes, our defense is very murky. It's a huge concern. They're big liability. But that's three games that our defense has come through and won for us. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk about the Seahawks defense. Um, but I, I just like don't want to talk about the Seahawks defense now that I'm thinking about it. Um, I think we can be done talking about the NFC West as a whole. Um, actually, you know what? Talking about the Seahawks, breaking news today. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into the final segment. Just some hot takes, questions, etc. But, of course, I'm sure you've seen Antonio Brown can potentially be signed by a team come week nine. 
Was it or no? Week eight, ready to play week nine. Although, um, just a reminder to everyone listening, the NFL's investigation into such sexual assault allegations on Antonio Brown still remains open. Um, thus, if he gets signed by a team, that does not necessarily mean that there won't be further discipline from the NFL. That dis- if should they decide that there were like should. Like, there should be additional conduct policy violations. So, all I'd say, just because Antonio Brown gets signed by a team does not necessarily mean he's going to play or be eligible to play. Anyways, should the Seahawks sign Antonio Brown? Okay. <laughs> um, I want you to edit this, all right? And I want you to bleep me right now. Okay, I'm probably but, not going to, so be okay. kind with you. All right, I'll dial it back. Okay. Hell no. <laughs> Do not sign Antonio Brown. Okay. And here's, and here's why. The Seahawks, okay, so this, I would argue this is the best I've seen Russell Wilson in his career. DK is having an unbelievable season. Lockett is doing what Lockett always does. We've got some really, really good offensive chemistry going right now. I am not sold that i mean like what is the narrative like antonio brown is rehabilitated he no longer has cte like what is going on like i'm i did not forget about the last like two years of madness that we've been witnessing from this dude and like here's the thing another great offensive weapon would be fantastic but remember when we when we uh took on percy harvin Mm -hmm. like six seven years ago and what did that do to our what did that do to our locker room? Like Percy Percy Harvin was sick. He was super good, but he absolutely was a cancer in the locker room. And that like this year, like I'm seeing like a new Seahawks this year. This is the best I've seen us since the last time we went to the Super Bowl. And plus, we're doing it without a defense. Anyways, do not do it. It's not worth it. We have bigger fish to fry. If you want to, like, here's the thing: if we want to add receivers, like, yo. Josh Gordon's probably going to be allowed to come back at some point. Like, just grab him. Like, yeah, he, he, like, doesn't cause problems in the locker room. Like, all he does is smoke weed occasionally. (laughs) You know what I mean? That could be a lot lot worse. But if we are looking to make significant additions to this team, please help our defense. Antonio Brown is so low on the totem pole, so far out on the radar. This is stupid. This is so dumb. Um. It's interesting. I've gone back and forth on this all day from when I first got the update, of course, the tweet from Adam Schefter. I sent it into a fantasy group chat of mine and I was like, can we please just talk about how ridiculous this is? And of course, everyone said, it's not ridiculous. The Seahawks should sign him. (laughs) And um, it's like not new for me to be the only one to have like a take and everyone disagree with me but then I really thought about it and Ben Bald do you know who Ben Baldwin is oh yeah computer cowboy yeah computer cowboy we love him um but he did bring up there are a lot of very good reasons to not sign Antonio Brown um but he basically said like can we not do the locker room distraction thing And then that had me thinking, because at one point earlier I said, please don't sign Antonio Brown. He's a liability. (laughs) (laughs) And when, I mean, let's be honest, if anything's a liability for the Seahawks, it's their defense. 
<laughs> but, you know, then he continues to say that very few of us have any idea what the heck goes on in locker rooms. Um, and that's that. I guess reflecting on it now, I don't necessarily see a negative to signing Antonio Brown if we can get him for a vet minimum. But then I think about it, you know, I think he would be a great addition talent wise. Um, You know, we saw him with New England and he looked great with New England. You know, he looked like Antonio Brown. For one game. Okay, it was one game, a one game sample size, and I have to use it because I didn't get anything else. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I'm not necessarily worried about that. And I think about it, and the selfish part of me is like, imagine Russell Wilson getting to pass to either Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, or Antonio Brown. And I mean, you can even add Greg Olson in there. Add him in there. No, 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 no. Um, I think that becomes, and I have said pretty confidently that I think probably the best wide receiver cores in the NFL are like Dallas, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Buffalo. I think that puts the Seahawks in the conversation. If that is who we have Russ throwing to, you know, the best quarterback in the league right now. I don't know. It kind of seems unfair. <laughs> um, I would argue, I would argue that without Brown, we have one of the best receiver cores in the league. Oh gosh. We don't have to talk. I mean, we are going to disagree on this. I, it's good. <laughs> it is good. Do not get me wrong. It is good. I would not say it's one of the best. Okay, I'd say we're I'd say we're top five, top six, mm, top ten. <laughs> You're either five, ten, fifteen, or twenty. We count by fives here. All right, fine, top five. <laughs> interesting. Okay, interesting. interesting. Um, all that to say that um, I do go back to what you brought up. If we want to help this team. Why not sign someone else to a vet minimum, such as like Clay Matthews <laughs> um, or just someone that's going to help that defense? But at this point, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. I don't know. Antonio Brown on the Seahawks. Very interesting. I said I don't necessarily like him as a person at all. I think, you know, this whole. Yeah, I he seems toxic. He's not ever somewhat I could find myself. But, you know, maybe he's changed. Maybe he's a good guy. And Russell loves him. I mean, you know, we saw them. They were practicing together during the offseason. So there's that, too. Very interesting. Antonio Brown in Seattle. Yeah, weird. Okay. <laughs> um. Another interesting thing. So, of course, the Miami Dolphins go into their bye week this week. Um, But in kind of strange timing, we see that Tua was officially named the starter. It's officially Tua time in Miami. Do you think the timing of this is weird? Uh, Yes, absolutely. I think the timing is very weird. Um, Here's the thing. Tua is a stud. He's got a lot to prove, but I don't think anyone – 
at least this is my opinion. I'm not currently doubting him. I think he'll come in and be competent. Um, I'm sure they're anxious to see what he can do. But the the Dolphins aren't that bad. And and this magic has been straight up like magic. This like he's playing really well. Um I could not believe I mean here's the thing, it's it's awesome that two is getting to start, but it doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, at least to me, because typically in situations like this, at least from what I've seen and from my opinion, this is something that happens when you have an underperforming quarterback. And that hasn't been that hasn't been the case for Dolphins. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I'm I'm not really sure. I think it'll be fine. And I think, I mean, what's the worst that happens? He comes in, plays terribly, and then and then he gets benched, right? Like, I don't know. It's, it just does seem like very strange timing. Yeah, I would agree. It's, I don't necessarily, it seems like something that was timed, you know, that they had an idea going into, like, this was going to be the time that we brought out Tua. This was going to be the time that we named him our starter. And we're going to stick to it. And that's what they did. Um, really unfortunate for Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic, <laughs> it feels so weird calling him by his real name, yeah. um, but I forgot what it was, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, it's just, I'm excited. I'm very excited. I am slightly nervous for the fact that his first game is going to be against Aaron Donald. Um, hoping <laughs> right he survives. It was so funny yesterday. I don't know if you saw, but all of like NFL Twitter was basically like Miami Dolphins offensive line Twitter. <laughs> like, yeah. do you agree with this? Do you not agree with it? I was just like, this is not something I'm going to take part in right now. But, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, is that a, that offensive line better protect to at all costs? Yeah. Well, I mean, he, cause he, he was really injured and now he's going against. Aaron Donald, who would literally eat the poor guy. Like, like I don't know. He's, the defensive line, yeah, like you said, should hopefully hold up. I mean, I guess they've still got Fitzmagic over on the bench. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting timing, but I think it'll be good. I think it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm a big Tua fan. I hope he succeeds and does well. Anyways, moving on. Some final take, final questions, literally not related to anything in the NFL, but just for funsies. Um, the World Series started yesterday. Who are you taking? Who's your pick? Uh, probably the Dodgers. I mean, here's I don't have much skin in the game, and I don't have a lot of opinions. I do like Mookie Betts. I do, I do like the Dodgers probably more than I like the Rays. Um, so, yeah, probably the Dodgers. Yeah, I agree. It seems like Mookie Betts was that final piece they needed. The Boston Red Sox are just so stupid for not paying. So dumb. So dumb. dumb. But sometimes that's how I feel about the Seahawks not paying. Or not paying. I don't even say his name on here anymore, but you know who. Um, Yeah. Yep, I do. Yeah. And, okay, another final question. Do you watch The Bachelorette? Uh... I'm sorry to any of my friends listening, but yes. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not caught up. I've only seen the first app. So I'm not I didn't watch this Monday. 
Okay, so, great. It was like, I don't know. It wasn't even that exciting. Who is your pick? Who is Claire going to walk over? Oh, God. Give me a sec. I, there's so much on that first app. Just give me one sec. Let me remember this. Oh, yeah. I, I usually fall asleep during the first episode because it's like. It's like three hours long. Yeah, and it's like, here's. It's just like introducing you to all these guys, and it's like, how am I supposed to remember their names? Like, usually I don't even learn their names, so it's like the final five. So, yeah, okay, hold on, just give me a second. Them, Dale, maybe hold on, hold on, dude. Yes, that is that's totally the guy I was thinking of. That's who everyone thinks she's going to choose. So it was not even exciting. I wanted a more like interesting man. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You should have, you should have given me a heads up about this. I would have had a spicier take. Okay. It's fine. It's, it is what it is. We'll move on. The Bachelorette um, is literally not relevant to football whatsoever. So. Yeah. I'm kind of shocked to even throw through that out there, but actually I'm not that shocked. No, I, I feel like if there, I feel like if there's from everything I've heard, if there's one guest you could sneak that by on, it's definitely likely myself. Unfortunately, yeah. Also, interestingly enough, I feel like Bachelor Bachelorette comes up in like and on Twitter all the time. So. Oh yeah, I've done fa- I've done fancy drafts before for the Bachelorette. Oh yeah, both. Oh my god, that's so funny. <laughs> I would never. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that is all we have time for now. Literally, I feel so bad to anyone who listened to that last like three minutes of us just talking about The Bachelorette. Um, but of course, I think the game we're looking forward to most this week, if it's not the Seahawks and the Cardinals, of course, um, it's got to be that Steelers and Tennessee game. So look forward to that. Um, if anyone listening to this podcast is a Bachelorette stand, please let me know your thoughts um, because it. I love talking about football, but super close would be The Bachelorette. So, yes. 